You're listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week our host Andy Storch will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens. Welcome to My NFT Journey. I am your host Andy Storch and this is a show where I share my NFT journey to help you along your NFT journey and this is episode two of my NFT journey. In episode one, I introduced myself and talked to you about who I was and how I got into NFTs and some of the reasons why I'm excited about non-fungible tokens. And today in episode two, we're going to talk about what NFTs are. I'm going to attempt to explain NFTs to you in a way that at least I understand, and hopefully it'll be a way that you understand as well. And obviously there's a lot of resources online where you can go do some research on this. But if you're out driving, walking, I'll do my best job to help you understand what is an NFT. I'm still learning and trying to figure a lot of things out myself, uh, but NFT stands for non-fungible token. And you can think of it like art or experiences, things that you can get that are absolutely unique and cannot be replicated, cannot be duplicated, cannot be taken away. I mean, they can be taken away. They could be stolen. Then we'll do a whole another episode on that. But they can't be forged. They can't be faked. And everything is recorded digitally on the blockchain. And we can do a whole other episode on that. But basically, computers all over the world that agree on what things are. And so if you buy a piece of digital art, and if you're coming from outside the NFT space, it's easy to look and go, I can't believe somebody paid a bunch of money for a picture, right? Just like a JPEG. I could copy that and paste it somewhere and, and put it on my computer. And you certainly can. But the difference is for the actual NFT, it has a serial number, a unique code linked to it and it cannot be again it cannot be duplicated and it cannot be forged so if you own that nft whether it's a picture of a dog or some type of access to something no one else can say that they have that you have the one and the thing that i think is really interesting you know compared with physical art because it's easy to look at this and go why are these things worth anything and the easiest thing to compare it to when you're first just getting into it is physical art, right? Physical art has been around for hundreds of years, right? And people have bought and sold and traded art. And an artist creates something. If they're a full-time artist, hopefully other people find value in it. They're able to sell it or show it at a museum. And then hopefully that art gains value over time. And it, some original buyer might sell it to someone else. Interesting thing about art, right? We've noticed over the years, sometimes it's not very popular and then becomes much more popular after the artist dies, long after the artist dies, right? The Mona Lisa was painted in the 17th century and it really took off in the early 20th century when it was stolen from the Louvre and then originally, and eventually they got it back and it became the most famous painting in the world. Now it's invaluable. Now, the Mona Lisa is the most famous painting in the world, so it's not going to be duplicated. But other paintings, the police have stopped people from forging paintings and art for years, for decades, for hundreds of years, right? It's always been a problem that someone could try to forge, duplicate a piece of art and say, this is the original or one of the, you know, if an artist makes only 100 prints, that someone could try to duplicate it and say, this is one of the 100 prints when it's not really one of the original 100. With NFTs, that's not possible. So if an artist release, releases one or 100 or 1,000, each one has a unique code, serial number, and it's easily trackable and it's in your digital wallet and no one can take it away from you as long as you don't get scammed out of it. You don't give away your password or your passcode. We'll do another episode on that. But otherwise, nobody can take it from you. And it's up to you whether you want to sell or not. And in some cases with NFTs, you also have the rights to use that NFT, that likeness, that art 
for your own commercial use. In other cases, you don't, but just like a painting, you have it, you can sell it, you can keep it, you can hold it, you can do whatever you want with it, you can display it. And so that's what I think makes NFTs very unique and very interesting. And they're tokens, they are digital tokens that can be used for different things. As I mentioned, the easiest is IP and art to think about it like, yeah, you can't necessarily show it in your house, but it's something that you can take with you and you have it in your digital wallet. And if you display it in your digital wallet, it's public like most people's are, other people can see what you have and yet they can't take it away from you. So it's entirely unique, non-fungible means it can't be replaced by something else. We probably should have started with that, right? Something fungible like a dollar bill, a piece of currency, even though each dollar bill does have a serial number on it, they are completely replaceable, right? You could you know, trade $1 for another dollar and you would never know which one you had. Whereas these, you're, you're looking at the numbers and you're paying attention and some are more rare than others. And then just like with art or with stocks or any other collectible that is valuable, the market places a value on it and you can buy and sell based on that market. And there's a market out there that everybody uses called OpenSea, O-P-E-N-S-E-A dot I-O. Uh, and that's sort of like the eBay of NFTs where everybody goes to buy and sell their NFTs. So it's non-fungible, it can't be replaced, it can't be forged, it can't be duplicated and then sold. You know that you have the one that you bought and it sits in your digital wallet and you decide if and when you wanna sell it and you don't have to worry about anybody trying to sell it and say that it's what you have. Now, I wanna cover everything that you might need for this and we will do another episode on how to get set up and start buying NFTs, but I wanna make sure you have a good understanding of what they are and why it's so important to pay attention because it's not just about digital art. It's not just about access to things and what we can talk about access tokens as well. But I think as I recorded this in 2021 and start thinking about the future, when you look out at what could happen in the future, I think it's highly possible that almost every transaction in the future will end up on the blockchain, which means that they're all done as NFTs. So one day your house could be registered as an NFT and sit in your digital wallet. And if someone wants to buy it, they could pay you in currency, some call fiat, right? US dollars, or they could pay you with Ethereum or Bitcoin. And then you could transfer, once you're satisfied, uh, you could transfer the house to them, right? And it would be easier than all the stuff we go through today. Now, I think there would still be a lot of uh, government regulations around that, but it, it would make things a lot simpler. Ownership would be easier to look up and prove. The other thing I forgot to mention is the idea of smart contracts. So with the blockchain, there's something called smart contracts that makes all of the transfer and everything very easy. So like if you have a piece of NFT art and you sell it on OpenSea, like we talked about earlier, it immediately goes to the wallet of the person who bought it. Their money is immediately transferred to you. And any contract in place, if anybody else needs to be paid on anything, that immediately takes place and it's logged on the blockchain on something called Etherscan. And you could always go back and see every single transaction that has ever taken place, when things were bought and sold, how much they were sold for. There's really no lying. You know, there's plenty of scams, which we'll cover in a different episode, but really everything is very clear and the whole thing is decentralized. So without regulation from governments, without banks being involved, it's people to people. It's really like power to the people. I see it as the kind of the great equalizer here that is happening. And it's really, really fascinating. The other thing with smart contracts that's really interesting is for artists and creators who create NFTs, they sell them initially and make some good money, uh, maybe a little bit of money, maybe a lot of money. They can also put something in a smart contract that says every time the NFT is sold down the line, 
I get 5% or 10% of that sale. So now imagine for someone like Picasso or any artist in history originally sold their painting for a painting for maybe a few hundred dollars or a couple hundred dollars at the time. And then, you know, decades later, or even a couple hundred years later, it sells for millions of dollars at a Christie's auction, right? Because they're, the value of all their art has gone up and maybe they have passed on, but now a percentage of that sale goes to their family, right? Their children, their grandchildren, whatever it may be, their progeny. Pretty cool to think about that, right? And as a creator, if you are an author, an artist, to be able to create stuff and sell it and know that if it picks up and gets more popular later on, you still get a percentage of those sales. And so I said, I'll do another episode on V Friends, which Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk created and I bought in on. I have five of them. And if I ever sell any of them, Gary V or V Friends gets 10% of the sale. No matter what I sell it for, if I sell it on the open market, they get 10%. It's in a smart contract in perpetuity forever. So it's a nice income stream for the creator and a way to take advantage of value going up and value going down. And, and there's just so many use cases for this. I think it's really going to revolutionize the world, which is why I'm so excited about it, why I want you to be excited about it as well. So we talked about what they are. I want to talk about how much they cost if you're thinking about getting into NFTs. Really, it runs the gamut, and we'll do a separate episode on how to set up your wallet and go buy your first NFT. If you're thinking about buying and just dipping your toe into the water, I think the minimum you need is probably one to two hundred dollars USD. I mean, I'm in the United States, so everything I talk about is in USD, but that could go up from there and just continue to skyrocket. The most expensive NFTs project out there. I mean, there's a famous case of an NFT art selling for, I think, $35 million by an artist called Beeple. I think that happened back in March of 2021, and that really made the news, which is what got people really, really into NFTs going, okay, what is this? Sorry, it was $69 million that happened in March of 2021. And I think that woke everybody up like, holy crap, NFTs are the real deal. And imagine if whoever bought that sells it later for $100 million, and there's a smart contract that says Beeple gets five or 10% of that. It might be, I haven't looked up the contract, but it would be fascinating. You know, that's a way for the artist to continue to get value and profit from art that goes up in value long-term. And it's almost like everybody wins. So if you want to get into NFTs, you can spend $100. I recommend hundred to $200 at least to start all the way up to $69 million right now. In the, the common world, we'll talk about the popular projects out there, do a later episode on that. CryptoPunks is the most popular expensive, famous project. And I think the minimum to buy into that is 500,000 or close to a million. We'll look that up for a future episode. So that's what NFTs are. It's how much they cost. There's lots of different types of NFTs. The most common is is intellectual property, IP. There's a lot that are community-based. There are a lot of game-based NFTs out there. So I mentioned I got into digital horse racing. As I recorded this, there's a car racing game that's coming out soon. My friend Bennett's uh, getting into a new game with dinosaurs and dinosaur eggs. I don't know exactly what it is. And then there's access to things like the metaverse. And if you haven't heard of the metaverse or looked it up, check that out. We'll, we'll do another episode on that one day. The metaverse is coming. We're like, we're all living in this digital world, like in Ready Player One, if you read the book or watch the movie. And NFTs are going to factor into all of that. So I think that's enough for today. In episode one, I shared my journey into NFTs. Today was talking about, you know, what are NFTs? And maybe I'll do another episode and deep dive 
a little bit more on what they are, but that's my explanation. There's plenty of other researchers out there. Go out and Google NFTs and, and find out you know, what other people are saying. What is, what is it? What does it stand for? Non-fungible tokens and, and history kind of started popping up in 2017, 2018, 2019, picked up a little steam, 2020 a little bit more, but 2021 is the year that NFTs have really, really blown up. And so that's why I think it's, it's the time to really start paying attention and looking at it. And so I hope you will. I hope this was helpful for you. Again, my name is Andy Storch. I'm an author, speaker, consultant, coach, I do a lot of work in the corporate space. I share content daily on LinkedIn as well as Instagram and a lot of NFT stuff on Twitter. So come find me on social, connect with me. Let me know you heard me on this show. Send me any questions you have. I'm still in the process of setting up website and resources and everything for you, but I'll get those out soon and keep you posted and I'll see you next episode.